I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today to listen to us talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And many other things, but Lots specifically things. today, music, because it's the third week of our music series that we are doing uh our first attempt at a series at all yeah so that's pretty fun <laughs> yeah we had another guest our friend aaron and um he had some interesting things to say about his worship arts program there in Elyria, ohio and then it's just a uh, solo you and i well technically you and i can't be solo so but <laughs> it was a duet if you and i were one person <laughs> then it would have been a solo we tag teamed it <laughs> there you go yeah and so yeah today we are visited by who Dr. Jonathan Powers, say hi. Hey. <laughs> hi, Jonathan Powers. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Jonathan is a professor at Asbury Theological Seminary, where he teaches uh, worship and sacraments and lots of cool things like that. Do you also teach really sick guitar licks? Because I heard you're really good at guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, haven't done that yet. That'd, that'd be fun. But um, haven't. We just started a chapel band class, actually, so maybe yeah. I'll get a chance oh. in the future. But thus far, are you in this um, I'm they, not in the class. Cared no. about my guitar licks. <laughs> hey, man, I care about them because well, yeah, I'm always I'm always super impressed. It may not have seemed like it when I hung out with you the one time, but um, at one point I was an aspiring classical guitar major at EKU, trying to oh, be wow. like a virtuoso mm. or something. But cool, yeah, another life, awesome. another time, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so, Jonathan, would you like to open us up in prayer today, and then we'll go to a clip of um, one of your arrangements of a hymn? Yeah, sure. Glad, gladly. Yeah. Let's right. pray. Mm-hmm. Almighty God, we thank you for all of your goodness and grace to us, for your love that is ever um, being poured out for us and toward us. Um, we thank you um, for your son, Jesus Christ, and um, for all of his work in leading us to you in his teaching, in his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and the opportunity that we have because of Jesus Christ to approach you um, as the Holy Spirit empowers us and draws us into the presence of Christ. Pray for us today in this time, in this conversation. Um, thank you for this opportunity to be together, to continue to think on matters regarding worship and music and uh, in your church, and pray uh, through all that is said and done that you may be glorified and your church may be edified. We love you and pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ. I like how everybody has their um, kind of their signature. Their own little tagline. Yeah. Well, like uh, I've, I've, the one I hear a lot is like, pray these things in Jesus name or mm-hmm. pray these things in your name. Mm-hmm. But I like, we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. You know, that's the, the, Classical Trinitarian formula of prayer is to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And boom, boom, um, boom. So, yeah, because it's Christ is the one inter- from Hebrews, you know, Christ is the one interceding yeah. for us, right? For the throne of God. And so our prayers are offered. Not that other forms are bad or wrong. <laughs> yeah, just, no. That's the classical formula. <laughs> no, I just like to, I just like to yeah. have it switched up a little bit, hear different people. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. I always um, have been tempted to like make the, the ending part of the prayer go really, really long to yeah. throw people off. Like yeah. mention the entire Trinity, start <laughs> mentioning like um, all the ways that the different members of the Trinity do stuff and just keep going for like five minutes. And so <laughs> <Or> Trinitarian <laughs> treaties. <laughs> I was told, I've told you this, Zach, but my favorite kind of prayers are prayers that you think start off as just like a 
prayer maybe a minute long uh-huh. and then our a sermon in the prayer <laughs> and then you're and you're not really sure to lift your head or not like uh i can't remember if it was uh, uh it was at the gc or if it was uh like an asbury thing you showed me or uh-huh. something else but one guy was like god we just pray that like your word says in uh, timothy second timothy and then like and then he just goes into it and then he's like yeah and we just know that the stone was broken and that that stone was lifted high, as it says. And I was sure, like, was, wait, 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 wait. You've got a five-page paper. In here. Should I lift my head up? And pay attention? What's going on? Right. Is there visual cues? He's like got like a pointer out, but his eyes are still closed. <laughs> a whole PowerPoint for his prayer. Yeah. Keep your head down. This is serious. No, then there's nice. the ones where it's like somebody starts praying and then they come, they say, and we pray these things in your name. And you open your eyes and you're ready to go on. And they go, and we also ask for it. You're like, oh, we're not done. <laughs> Fake out. Yeah. It's like the song Layla. You don't know when it's going to end. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, another awesome. piano break. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So what are we talking about today, Zach? Um, well, first of all, um, Jonathan, you are... Well, you're playing a song for us tomorrow, um, but do you want to kind of talk about your arrangement? It's a Charles Wesley hymn, right? Yeah, it's a song called And Are We Yet Alive, um, a great hymn. Um, It's usually sung to a tune. um, I can't remember the name of the tune right now, but it's And are we yet alive and see each other's face? You know, and I mean, the tune's fine, but um, it doesn't translate well to a lot of uh, congregations today. You know, um, and and even um, you know if you did it on piano or something like that, um, uh, it, it I found it hard to do on guitar that tune. Yeah. So I decided I just looked up. You know, I I thought, well, what other tunes, familiar tunes, can you do this song to? Um, and there's um, the song "Breathe on Me, Breath of God," oh, and good that one. song tends to be yeah. a little bit more contemplative anyway. The melody. You know, yes. and, and that's the thing is, is lyrics paint words. We don't, or I'm sorry, <laughs> lyrics paint words. That's very <laughs> obvious. Um, melodies paint words. <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. Melodies paint the lyrics. They give a context to the lyrics. So, um, so by changing the, the melody up some and doing it to breathe on me, breath of God, it's, and are we yet alive and see each other's face? Glory and praise to Jesus give. You know, so it, it changes it uh-huh, some, so and good. it's a really nice melody now. With the, and you're drawn into the words in a different way. Um, so that was part of what I was trying to do with the song. It came about because we were doing a sermon series at my church um, called And Are We Yet Alive? Oh. Um, and we wanted to sing the song at the church. And I just, I, I felt like um, we needed to find a more singable arrangement of it. But also wanted to add a chorus to it um, because it's a great song that talks about the life of the church together. It talks yeah, about the yeah. life of the church in, um, in um, knowing that there's conflicts between us, but the grace of God pushes us towards reconciliation, that the grace of God saves us not only for future um, you know, salvation, but also for um, full salvation in the here and now in terms of Christian perfection and sanctification. Um, just such rich lyrics about the work of Christ and what it means for us personally and for us corporately. So um, I just, just wanted to, uh, to, to re-engage those lyrics 
in um, a fresh way. And so found that tune, um, paired it with that, and then wrote a chorus that then invokes the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us in doing the things that the that Charles Wesley wrote in the verses. Awesome. There you go. So as my friend Zach used to say, send me a clip. Yeah, there, send me Barbara. a clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, well. we're used to hearing the song live. So we are, we'll just say that we're looking forward to hearing it. And here's the clip. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
Wow, that was really great, Jonathan. I really like the notes in that song, and especially the lyrics, which backed up those notes. And the way yeah. it ended, wowee. Great job. I'm sorry. The lyrics yeah, we'll just the words. So yeah. I'm just, I'm teasing. We'll just say great job yeah. in advance. Um, sure, I'm, sure awesome. I'm sure it's really good. This is our first time doing like a edited in uh, music clip. But, okay. Yeah. Um, cool. But it's only because uh, uh, Jonathan could not be here, but we hope that in the future we can get him to come worship with us. We'll do a live set. Um, yeah. I will say one thing that's fun is that Ken Southgate, one of the guests we had, who is a, um, uh, he's a campus minister, a teacher, and he's now the uh-huh. current pastor of Berea um, United Methodist Church. He was a guest on here and he did breathe on me, breath of God, but his version. So oh, wow. yeah. now you've connected and you're doing the melody line from breathe on me, breath of God. I will say yeah. that the original melody line, uh, uh, are we yet alive? Is that what you said it was? Yeah. And are we yet alive? Yeah. And are we yet alive? Isn't that the same melody as uh Praise be the tie that binds. Is bless, it? Yeah, bless, bless be, be the, the tie, tie that, that binds. Yeah. Bless be yeah. the tie that oh, binds. Okay. I knew exactly. I recognized Our it. In Christian love. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. I would as yeah. soon as you hummed it. See, as soon as he hummed it, I was like, I know that melody. Sometimes and a melody can just take one. you back, <laughs> can it? Yeah, yeah. that is right, a very man. weird one because yeah. Um, yeah. it it really only works if you stretch out certain words and then like put a apostrophe like yeah. instead of over make it like or <laughs> yeah know, stuff like that like yeah. this only way you can get that melody line to work so good awesome it's true true cool so jonathan why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself like how did you first get into um worship leading and what are your current ministries sure um i first got into worship leading when i was in high school um, you know, there's, there's a really long backstory to it, but in, in brief, I, um, I, I've played baseball a lot as a kid and then had an injury, um, <laughs> as a teenager that took me out of baseball. And because, um, it, uh, uh basically my legs, um, dislocated my hip and, Ooh, um, and, and was out of sports for yeah. the remainder of high school. Wow. Um, so my legs weren't good. I couldn't use them for sports and things. So instead I, um, I decided to learn guitar. Um, my youth pastor at the time um, at Moorhead United Methodist Church in Moorhead, Kentucky, was Drew McNeil, who is now the campus minister of the Wesley Foundation. Oh, Church. yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, actually Moorhead met State him before. University. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at Moorhead. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Moorhead. Ken Southgate yeah. took us up there one time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So great yeah. guy. Uh, amazing guitarist, really, really good worship leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I learned w- what I wanted to do was I grew up going to Aldersgate Camp, you know, Methodist Church Camp in Eastern Kentucky. Um, grew up, oh, I knew it. Played the songs that we sang at Campfire, and that was it. Like that was my whole goal in learning guitar. Um, so I asked Drew if he would teach me a lot of those songs, and. Um, as he was teaching them to me, he started saying, well, why don't I have you help out with music at youth group until mm-hmm. eventually I was leading the music at youth group. And he was, I wasn't helping him with it anymore. I was leading it. Um, and when I got to that point, he said, Hey, what if we brought you in, um, to our early service? It, we still sang hymns. It was all out of the hymnal, but he would lead music on guitar. And he said, what if we bring you into our early service there at Moorhead and you help me lead the music for that service, which I mean, we've already seen a trajectory here of how yeah. that works, you know, <laughs> um, going from doing that to then leading. It's always great also- when you have a mentor that can, uh, 
bring you in and then work themselves out of the job. That right. They had. Yeah. Jake did that what for the, us. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so empowering, you know, and it, yeah. it's a great mentoring model, I think, um, to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you alongside of me. We're going to learn these things. Mm-hmm. We'll do them together. Then I'm going to have you lead and I'll work alongside of you yeah. and then I'll step out and now you're doing it. You know, it's, it's a really good mentoring and discipleship model, really. I agree. Um, so, uh, so that's how I got started and I was doing other services at church and other conference events and district events. Um, and then came into college and there was a local church that needed a, a worship pastor um, for a service. And that's how I started doing it away from, you know, the church that I was used to there uh-huh. kind of on my own. Um, and, uh, yeah, since then that's, that's been the main way, but, but I'll start in youth group wanting to learn campfire songs yeah. from church camp. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then getting involved in youth group and church with music. I think that uh, your talent level musically, I wouldn't say the ability to write or anything necessarily, but your talent level musically skyrockets the second you hop into a worship band and just try your best. To <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Playing with other people True. just really yeah. helps fill out what you can't learn just on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. Very true. Um. So what current ministries are you involved in? We already know that you um, teach at Asbury Seminary, um, but do you lead worship anywhere else or? Yeah. So, um, so teach worship at Asbury Seminary also interface with the chapel office a lot. So Uh I uh, sit in on their meetings. I'll help. I'll assist sometimes with musical leadership or other forms of worship leadership, liturgical leadership, um, different things like that. Um, I also, um, I'm part of uh, Offerings, um, which is a church plant of First United Methodist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. So we meet off of Regency Road in Lexington, Kentucky. And I've been there for 12 years now, almost 13 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Almost 13 years there as the worship pastor um, in different capacities. Um, I had a lot more like volunteer coordinating and communications and stuff that I did at one point, but now it's pretty solely music focused. Um, cause you know, full-time job at Asbury, um, yeah. I'm not able to do as much as I once was able to there, but, um, oversee music, but that doesn't mean that I lead the music every week. Um, I'm probably leading, I don't know, maybe 60% of the weeks, you know, so a little over half yeah. the time I'll lead. And then I help coordinate some other people in leadership positions and kind of do the same thing as my youth pastor did with me. Yeah. Have them play with me and then let them lead on their own. Um, And some people come in really good. Some of it's more of if you don't have that pastoral relationship with the congregation yet. Sure. It can be difficult. And so I have them lead with me so that they can um, develop some kind of pastoral rapport with with the congregation. So then when they're leading, it's not like, Oh, we just threw somebody up to lead music, but yeah, everybody can get to know them a little bit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's not been my experience. (laughs) Well, we have had people kind of do that with us before, like Ken. Yeah. um, He's done that for both of us in certain congregations and stuff. So, so, um, so Jonathan, uh, let me ask you, uh, what style of music would you say you play when you do worship music? Appalachian folk. Are you being serious? That's a very direct uh, answer. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was ready. Appalachian folk. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, 
that's my um, my proclivity in terms of um, my own music making is there. Growing up in Eastern Kentucky, I'm mm. I'm used to it. Mm, I'm familiar yeah. with it. That's kind of how I learned guitar, um, a lot of folk style. Um, yeah. So uh, so I tend to be very acoustic um, driven. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when when I lead, um, but you know I I lead when I'm choosing the music and leading at church, it's, I don't, it's, it's probably pretty 50, 50 yeah. hymns and contemporary choruses. You know, sure. I don't, yeah. That's what you strive for. The other, really. <laughs> Are you trying to strive for that at the mixed services and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, um, uh, we sort of try to do that a lot at Estes Chapel at Asbury too. Um, right. trying to provide some songs with some depth, which a lot of times you can go to the hymns, for that um it's a good yeah. resource um but blending in some praise courses too but making sure that the set is balanced out right when it comes to those two things so yeah that's good stuff yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so we are going to kind of get into um our topic which is right the third in our series on worship and we thought that uh, we would bring jonathan in to kind of help us fill out some of the theological and biblical foundations of worship what does it mean for worship to be Trinitarian? Um, and how do we know whether the church is hitting the marks of what makes good, like biblically grounded worship? How do we um, uh, how do we kind of judge whether we're doing a good job on that? And then how does music itself play a role in um, our expression of worship? Mm-hmm. Um so I kind of thought a good starting place might be um, Robert Weber's definition of worship. Do you want to kind of break that down for us? Yeah. So Robert Weber has a pretty complex um, defi- definition of worship. Um, well, actually, I should say he has a simplified one and a complex one. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention them both really quickly. Um, the simplified one is celebrating God's mighty deeds of salvation or mighty works or mighty acts of salvation, whatever language we use there. But celebrating God, celebrating what God has done, um, celebrating who God is. Um, the the further um, um, kind of explicated one that he does, the more complex one, is um, worship is celebrating God's mighty acts of salvation through historic recitation <laughs> and dramatic reenactment. Um, and it is also anticipating God's desired future through holy living. So, um, that's, uh, yeah, like I said, complex, a lot Sounds of pieces kind of heady, <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot there. Like, yeah. so, so what does all that mean? Right. So now you have to take a long definition like that and kind of exegete it and, and break it down into small, <laughs> right. manageable parts. Um, so, um, so celebrating God's mighty acts of worship. The first part of that is to say, God, uh, worship is God oriented. Um, it celebrates God. It's focused on God. It's meant for God. Um, you know, as opposed to our consumeristic approaches to worship where we want to get something out of, be fed by it, things like that. The church being edified by worship is something important and good, but that's not the purpose of worship. The purpose of worship is to um, glorify God and to focus on God. Uh-huh. Um, right. I often say it's like a birthday party. Uh, you go to a birthday party to celebrate the person whose birthday it is. If you walk away saying, <laughs> well, I didn't get anything out of it. I wasn't fed. They didn't play um, happy birthday on guitar. Like I prefer it, you know, 
Um, right. <laughs> they had terrible like parting an, gifts at that last good, birthday yeah, party I was par- at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you just seem like a jerk. It's like yeah. well, we came here to celebrate the person yeah. and to be glad for their life and what um, you know <laughs> what what they have done um, that's been meaningful to us, um, and and not just because of what they've been done that's meaningful to us, but who they are, you know, as an individual. So right. that, that's what it's like for God. So that's what it means to celebrate God. And celebrate God's mighty acts of salvation, you know, in all the ways that God has shown himself, revealed himself um, to us through his acts of salvation, whether that's through the covenant established with Abraham, whether that's through the exodus uh-huh. of the Red Sea, whether that's through Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, whether that's through, um, you know, whatever it might be, through um, through David um, um, establishing the kingdom, but especially in Jesus Christ, what Christ is, or what God has done um to uh to, to bring us into salvation. Um we celebrate that. We acknowledge that. We say this is the whole purpose, this is the whole yeah. reason, this is where our hope is, this is the foundation of it all for us. We celebrate that. We acknowledge it. We remember it. Um, so celebrating God's mighty acts of salvation through historic recitation. Um, through historic recitation means through the things we say. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't even know that word. <laughs> historic recitation. <laughs> like, I don't know what historic recitation means. Like reciting. Is is it uh, rest, is it like restoration? <laughs> Historically restoring uh, it. <laughs> yeah, more like like what Zach was saying, reciting. Yeah, I know. Like, was, through, I was, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, through 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 the things that we say in worship, you know, the things yeah. that we say matter. Uh-huh. Um, we're, we're we're giving praise and glory to God. We're also um, acknowledging. Um, God's character, acknowledging God's actions. Um, we're reminding one another of these things. Um, um, we're keeping them before us um, in a very real way and saying these mean something to us. Um, so through the things that we say and then dramatic reenactment through the things that we do. Um, so our actions in worship matter too. It's not just the things yeah. that we say. We are embodied creatures. We're not just was it James Smith says we're more than just brains on a popsicle stick? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's more than just the intellectuals. Yeah. It's more than just the verbal. Our bodies matter. The practices that we do matter. So things like kneeling, things like um, raising our hands in worship in more liturgical places, yeah. things like making the sign of the cross or genuflecting, which you know, just bowing. Um, those types of things. Um, it's another good word. All of this. We yeah. talked about that uh, the other day. <laughs> I can already tell that I'm going to be lost for half of this. I can already tell you're going to, you're going to look at like, you'll be talking to Zach, look over at me and I'll just be like thousand yards staring. Like what is this? Word? It's all right. I'm, hey, I'm giving all of your subscribers their money. Their money. <laughs> you are, yeah. you're you yeah. doing a very yeah. good job. Yeah. 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 So you can, uh, you can charge them admission for this. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, now, um, you know, so dramatic reenactment, um, wh- what are the ways that we use our bodies in worship? Yeah. You know, even even baptism itself is dramatic reenactment. So not even um, mm-hmm. just those kinds of actions, but the ways that certain things we do dramatize the gospel story. Yeah. So baptism is a drama. You know, it's a dying with Christ, rising it. So Romans 6 talks about that. Um, the Eucharist or the communion, you know, coming to the table that is a dramatic reenactment. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will yeah. come again. We acknowledge that in the prayer and we receive the grace of Christ for what he has done, what he is doing and what he will do in our lives there um, at the table. Yeah. So um, all of that is, is drama in worship too, you know, in, in the best sense. Um, yeah. it's, it's dramatic reenactment. 
So um, celebrating God's mighty acts of salvation through historic recitation and dramatic reenactment. So what we say and what we do. (laughs) Yes, yes, what we say and what we do. (laughs) Um, And it's anticipating God's desired future through holy living, saying that God has, we're we're heading someplace. There's a goal, there's a direction to the Christian life. There's a direction to, um, uh, to, 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 to what we're doing, you know, like we're, we're not just stuck here trying to make it through. Um, but, but there's, uh, um, something we're living into. And Mm so, um, we anticipate that worship is also us going forth to live out, um, uh, the, um, the, the desires of God and live out obedience to God. And that's that, that real, uh, barometer of worship, the real measure of worship is, um, our lives outside of it. So I tell, you know, people often say, um, everything I do is worship. Worship is a lifestyle. You know, those kind yeah. of, we've heard that a lot. Worship. Yeah. 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 I hear it all the time. You know, worship is a lifestyle. Everything I do is worship. So, um, one part of my worship is doing church, reading the Bible, doing all that, you know, um, I think that's a backwards way of thinking about it. I think there's truth in that, but it's a backwards way of thinking about it. Everything I do is worship. And so it's like you have a trivial pursuit game piece, right? And you just got to uh-huh. fill up all the pie squares. And so <laughs> I'll do my church. I'll do my re- scripture reading. And then I try to – and it also puts a lot of effort on us. Yeah. Like everything I do is worship. Everything – and so it's it's – um, I tried really hard to worship today. <laughs> yes, yes. Or I, I missed the mark. Or yeah. I did all this stuff, and because I did it, and I'm a Christian, it's worship. You know, mm-hmm. rather right. it's coming into that gathered place with the community of the church, the community of believers, um, meeting with God, and, and understanding that worship is a meeting with God, not a meeting about God. You know, yep. So we're meeting with God. Right. We are coming into God's presence. We are receiving the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit that we might be connected with Christ, Christ likeness might be formed inside of us yeah. so that we go forth to live lifestyles of worship that are honoring and glorifying of God. And so that that continual gathering that coming together as the church fuels our lives for worship, our lives for worship moving out of that space rather than it's just all on me to kind of do yeah. all of yeah. this and all worship, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um as worship kind of flowing out of, out of a relationship and a meeting with God. Um, and so like what I kind of see is like a tension where what we do is very, very important, but it's yet not about all these things that we have right. to do, not like uh, checking off our list or anything like that. So how does something like music that we're talking about um, not become a rote thing that we um, do as some kind of hollow practice, but, like, how do we uh, begin to practice letting our relationship with God be the overflow that that comes out of? Yeah, that makes that's a great sense. question. Yeah. Um, and I think there's there's two dangers, you know, like on, on any road, you have the danger of falling off on either side, um, like in the ditches on either side. So one of them is, is music becoming rote. The other is music becoming the empowering force of worship. Yeah. Right. Um, so we believe that that the music gets us in the mood, the music, if we can get the music right, if we can get the songs right, if we can, you know, if we can, uh, get the right kind of atmosphere and experience going, then worship takes place. Uh All of that puts the emphasis on us and what we do 
rather than opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit and saying none of this happens outside of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit empowering us, the Holy Spirit moving and we joining in with the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit, yeah. um, accept the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us so that it does become an overflow. And so music is a part of that. Um, is, um, you know, music, um, music's a beautiful thing because it stirs our minds and our hearts and our bodies. It kind of brings everything yeah. together. And other things can do that too, but music has a very unique way of doing that. Um, so it has a special place. It's a wonderful tool for worship. But I think what we forget is um, music is meant to be, you know, classically, let's just think classically in the church about the role mm-hmm. of music. Um, the, the role of music has been um, a, a, another form of prayer. You know, it's, it's, uh, these, are, these are prayers offered to God. Um, and, uh, and, and so we're, we're, we're glorifying God. And, and, and it's fine to use music too to sing about God. So I'm not saying they have to all be, you know, second person songs right, yeah. to God. They don't um, all have to have you in the title. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They don't yeah. have to have that. It's still okay to sing about the work, to glorify God, to, to glorify him in that way, to adore and praise God. But, yeah. but music as prayer shows that it's still God oriented. So think about the Psalms in that way. You know, Psalms are always God oriented. They're never singing yeah. in other directions and all that. We're going to get um, into that still, in a little bit. Sorry, <laughs> no, I was just saying we're. I, I made a little tiny blurb in my notes for a psalm, so I'll, I'll oh yeah, uh, I'll bring up some stuff about the psalms later that corroborates a lot of what you're saying. But go ahead, okay, go well, ahead, yeah, go yeah, ahead. yeah, after you. But yeah, no, no. When, when you see the psalms, it's uh, they're God oriented. They're always God oriented. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and sometimes we hear God speak. You know, the psalmist will put the words of God in there to his people um, at, at times, but that's part of prayer, right? Is both speaking and listening, not just right. the speaking part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if all of worship is, is really understood as this prayer, music has an important place in there to say, um, you know, how are, how are we utilizing music liturgically and not relying on the music to simply stir our emotions or create a good experience or something like that? So yeah. Jonathan, let me ask, uh, since, I'm, I'm interested in what you, that whole big thing you just said. So I'm a more musically inclined guy. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Uh-huh. And I know that Zach, I think leans more lyrically as opposed to like where he starts when he writes. That's why we song. work together a lot. That's why we work together. Sure. So I'll well. come to Colin and I'll say like, I've got uh, these lyrics that I feel mean a lot to me, but I have like um, a four chord regular worship song structure that I have. So um, <laughs> I want it so, to be a little bit more interesting. <laughs> so I'm happy that we're hearing. I'm happy that I'm hearing a perspective coming from uh, the, the lyrical side. Um, but let me ask you something that this is a question I have been asked of me. Like something like, don't you think this particular music style is distracting Mm. or don't you think this music style doesn't lend itself well to worship? What do you say if you have you ever had those kinds of topics come up? Yeah. Yeah. What Um, what do you say? It's a it's a good question. You know, I I understand where they're coming from. Um, Music is um, an important way that we contextualize prayer. Yeah. So it's, it's a way that um, we understand the context. So um, I know Zach's heard, heard me share the story before, but I'll, I'll just uh, I share it. I have not, it. and I'm sure the viewers <laughs> Yeah, right, so exactly. That's yeah. great. Go ahead. So, um, so here, here's an example um, 
of how music plays a contextual role in how it invites people into prayer and proclamation. And that's the terms I use. I tend to use is prayer and proclamation. The purpose okay. of music is yeah. prayer and proclamation. Um, so um, I did missions work in Uganda um, for uh, for some time after college. And while I was there, I would go out to different villages and I would do teaching and uh, I would teach on a lot of different things. And the missionaries that I would work with there knew that I'd, I did a lot with music, um, played guitar. I, I would often take my guitar with me. Um, and so one time a missionary asked me, can you teach a couple of hymns? We sing a lot of the Ugandan songs. These are great songs, uh-huh. but I would love to teach them some of the American hymns that we have. So I have a little book of Ugandan hymns in Lugandan. So that's the... Um, you know, there's all kinds of different tribal dialects in Uganda. The area that we were going to spoke Lugandan, and they mm-hmm. just happened to have a missionary who worked with them for some time that put together a, a tiny little paperback hymnal for them to use. So Very I cool. sat down with a woman that um, was from the Lugandan tribe, and she taught me pronunciation. She taught me how to say, sing this song in Lugandan and everything. Um or to, to do pronunciations and sing some songs in Lugandan. One of the songs that I chose to teach them was What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Um, I had done this a lot in Eastern Kentucky and Moorhead at my church and with my youth group. Um, but the thing is, when I would lead that song, I had this bluegrass style uh-huh. that I would do it. You know, the boom chicka, boom chicka, you know, um, and, and really kind of Ooh. upbeat, fast That's a really paced. good way to describe uh, the bluegrass chuck, by the way. Boom yeah, chicka, thank boom you. Chicka, yeah, boom, yeah, chicka. boom chicka, boom chicka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the uh, uh, that, that was the familiar way that, that I had uh, grown up with it and had done it. I mean, of course, on organ and piano and stuff, too, in church. But sure. in terms uh-huh. of me leading it. Yeah, that, that's just what I knew. That's what I did. So I didn't think anything of it. Come into this gathering of pastors. There's about 30 or 40 of them there. Um, and uh, and I tell them, well, I'm going to teach you this hymn. Um, pull out my guitar and do this bluegrass strum and start singing What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting everybody to start clapping along and all of this, but they just stare at me dumbfounded. <laughs> yep. You know, there's, yep. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What? <laughs> who's this white guy up here trying to teach us how to sing <laughs> <You know? So> good. <laughs> these funny ways. So I got through one verse of it and then I sat down my guitar and said, so that's how we would do it at my home. <laughs> you <know? laughs> just roll with it. Like, Oh, right, this exactly. was just me. Pr- this, example. This was just an yeah, example. Right, oh right. my goodness. Yeah. All right. So then you, what, what did you just like sing it? You just like acapella? It yeah. Out, so, you know, I, I had sung with them plenty of times before that. So I knew that their familiar way of doing things was acapella. Okay. Um, maybe with some djembe's and they had these little thumb harp things that they would use. Um, they might use that in it, but, um, but they were used to doing a lot of acapella uh-huh. singing because they didn't have instruments. So, um, so I, I, I said, well, let's talk about the words. And so we said the words together. So they heard the words, they knew the words. Um, and then I said, so now um, let me sing the melody for you acapella. Um, I'll do the first verse. Then I invite you to sing with me on the second and third verse. And they jumped in and they started providing harmonies and they started doing the like beating on their chest while we were singing yeah. it and, you know, kind of beating on their legs and things to, yes. to br- bring some rhythm into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were able to engage it. They were able to access that song. Yeah. Um, bluegrass does not work well for congregational singing in Uganda. So does that mean bluegrass does not work <laughs> well for congregational singing? No, because it worked fine in Eastern Kentucky. Sure. You know? yeah. Um, so yeah, so style of music yeah. is very contextual. We've done bluegrass. And, yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know, we don't, we don't baptize yeah. style. Um, we don't make yeah. it one way or the other. Um, there's contextual realities to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and people are able to engage it. Now, certain styles might lend themselves a little bit easier to congregational yeah. singing, but the goal is participation. You know, the goal is yeah, not right. appeal through style. Yeah. The goal is I participation. Yeah. yeah. And like the thing that I like about the Ugandan story is just think about what God was able to do because you had that as your focus and not yeah. like trying right. to you force didn't just, you didn't your just way. Push your way through the song. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah I feel yeah. like, um, um, well, the only reason I even brought that up is because you had mentioned uh, li- like the the parameters of, of, of a prayer more or less and uh-huh. the lyrics are added to that prayer. But the, um, what well, I guess, um, I've had people, uh, talk to me about this idea of, uh, um, when other countries don't know the words, they somehow still through the Holy spirit are able to, to sing. I think Zach might've told me. Yeah. I mean, we, we had some Haiti missionaries um, a couple episodes back, and um, I can also attest to this. But uh, when you get people together and you got people praying in English and people praying in Creole, um, sometimes there's a spirit that's beyond words where, you know, you're united yeah. in Christ. And that's just something that you can't really explain right. unless you've been a part of it. But yeah, um, but that's the not- Holy Spirit does something there. Yeah. You know, there's a reliance on the spirit because um uh, the danger, and I'm not saying this is the case in these particular instances, but the danger is it becomes nothing more than a um, some kind of group emotional yeah. experience, you know, because uh, sure. we can create those. I can go to a Coldplay concert and it'll be a very emotional experience for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and even people that don't understand the words. Um, um, and uh, but but we walk away from that, not with no deeper sense of anything. So these, it's like you have people confirming this, you know, people drawn into it and there's a, there's still a participation there that's yeah. deeper than just, a, a an emotional stimulus, right. you know? Yeah. And um, I know what you're um, saying. And that, that's I mean, really important. Yeah. That, and that's the Holy spirit, you know, yeah. the Holy yeah. spirit's doing this. The, the, yeah. I mean, music can do that. You yeah. can just get into a song cause you like a song, but it doesn't right. necessarily mean it's yeah. the Holy spirit allowing you to feel that way. Um, so yeah. I, t- I totally agree. I was yeah. just putting that out there because that I've heard, like, whenever we deal with a topic, we always uh, like broach the, like what would be like the other side of that. Argument. Sure. Yeah. That's just yeah. how we've yeah. always no, done good. the podcast. So, because so. um, I'll tell you to, to really push into uh, what you're saying, the, the question I get a lot of times is can rap music be worshipful? Lecrae. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I didn't yeah. want to name drop, but no, <laughs> like, no, I mean, you just dropped people Lecrae. Ask, he's son. the biggest name in a, in <laughs> yeah. a while for rap and worship music. Yeah. And I mean, Toby Mac, you know, he's been doing yeah, that for that's a while. True. That's true. Um, Lecrae is yeah. a great example. Um, can it be worshipful? Can it be? And I think, I think it'd be worshipful in different, in, in a multitude of ways. It could be a, yeah. an expression of worship from, you know, a personal expression of worship that someone, uses and people can be drawn into and hear it, you know, kind of engaged in what's being presented and proclamation yeah. there. But also, um, I think in certain contexts, you know, I've heard I, people have told me you cannot participate in rap music. That is not meant for corporate participation. It's tough. I tell them, it's tough. It is you, tough. And I, I, well, it's I, tough I, if you're Zach or Colin or Jonathan. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah. Well, I just like <laughs> I just don't know if I could articulate the words in the right rhythmic order like I would do with just a regular worship uh-huh. song. Yeah. So it'd be hard I, to sing along. The, the example that I use to kind of push back against that a little bit is, but look at how many people have been drawn into Hamilton, the musical. Mm, exactly. 
That's a good point. You saw yep. Hamilton recently, didn't you? I did. On Jonathan, Saturday. are you a musicals guy? Are you a musical <laughs> kind of guy? Do you like musicals? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, That's something we share. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really big into stage musical. Yeah. Stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. So we were kind of talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. I, I think that kind of yep. leads well into our next thing. Um, so we're talking about music. We're talking about how it's born out of a relationship between us and God. Right. Um, uh, maybe we won't have time to get like fully into this because there's a lot we could say. But how do you think the uh, the role of the Trinity kind of plays into our music and our expression that way? Um, in terms of the content of our songs or the activity of the Trinity in singing? Yeah, I think just the activity of the Trinity in in our act of worship in general and then maybe how music could play into that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned, um, towards the beginning of the, of the podcast that we, um, we have this form, uh, this, this classical formula of prayer that is to God, the father, um, through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy spirit. Uh-huh. So to the father, um, in the spirit, through the spirit, um, uh, through Jesus Christ, you know, that it's offered through Jesus Christ. So it's, 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 um, the Hebrews, um, understanding Hebrew, the book of Hebrews understanding that Christ is now ascended and seated at the right hand of the father. And he's constantly interceding for us, constantly offering that prayer before God. Um, and so the role of the Holy spirit is to connect us into the presence of Christ. Um, yeah. it brings Christ present to us and, and it brings us into Christ's presence, you know, so this kind of dual role, um, it, it's sent down to us that to bring us um, into the presence of Christ, um, that all this might be done to the glory of God, the father. Um, and so some people have trouble with that because they said it doesn't that begin to mess with the equality of the Trinity. But if we look biblically at the Trinity, we see, um, you know, Christ says what, what is my purpose here? You know, why have I come here? Yeah. To, just to glorify my father in heaven. Right. Um, we look at Philippians two, Christ submitted himself. He lowered himself and took on the form of a servant, came, became human, um, submitted to death. Therefore God, the father glorified him. So yeah. you see this mutual glorification happening in the Trinity at all times. And that's the thing is we are invited into that life that, um, that we are being glorified or that we are being glorified. We are being, um, brought into that, that mutual glorification of the Trinity that, that by the spirit, we join with Christ in glorifying the father. Yeah. But by doing that, we also glorify Christ. You know, we point towards, um, the spirit and the, and, and the son and all this. So in our worship, we, we just see this happen. We open ourselves to the Holy spirit, that the Holy spirit might, bring us to the presence of Christ to know that in this time of worship, we are joining with Christ. We are stepping into that heavenly realm, yeah. joining with Christ and offering this, this offering of worship to God, the father. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and our music is a piece of that, you know, um, that, um, that our singing, um, is, um, is, 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 um, bringing us into that life of the Trinity, that activity of the Trinity, yeah. Um, so that the Holy Spirit might then, through all of that, we are we are conformed more into Christ likeness. Um, so as we go forth, you know, we continue to to share that um, yeah. Christ likeness. 
Yeah, I remember uh, back in January, you kind of shared that with the volunteer team. And um, it kind of struck a chord with me because uh, one of the things that I was used to hearing worship leaders say, and I'm pretty sure I've said it myself, uh, was that as a worship leader, I want to try to help bring people into God's presence. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the goal that we think. It should be the goal, I think. I think it is the goal, but I think that... um, with a more Trinitarian understanding of worship, I think we can remember that it's not fully on us to do oh, that work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm still yeah, kind of wrestling with what that, that means. We're, we're more <laughs> yeah. the yeah. we're more the tool of the conduit, which yeah. is yeah. the community yeah. through. Well, right. the way you know, this is the pastoral role of the worship leader. Um, one of the terms that's used uh, classically about the person that's uh, presiding or celebrating that pastoral role is uh, a Latin term in persona Christi meaning you stand in the person of Christ mm. or as the representative of Christ. There you go. And like so that. as a worship leader, you know, as a music leader, it's not that you're the one bringing people into Christ's presence. The Holy Spirit is doing that, but you play that shepherding role. You know, how do, how do I um, help um, direct things, engage things, invite people in ways that um, that they, they – um, they know they can acknowledge the work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and are drawn into the presence yeah. of Christ and knowing that I stand there as a representative of Christ to the community in this moment. Yeah. You know, when they um, uh, when they see whoever it is there, they stand as that representative of Christ. And now that that is lead at the time where this one that's uh, that's doing, you know, that, that's kind of leading in music, leading in prayer, yeah. leading and proclaiming the word leading at the table, whatever it might be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I, I don't, Christ. Uh-oh. Oh. Sorry. Somebody, okay. somebody was okay. trying to, somebody was trying to patch in. <laughs> oh. Hey, I want to be on the podcast too. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, I have to call them back. Um, I guess I, I think it's, um, it's a difficult balance to strike in some ways because, we have to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to do this work. But at the same time, we're responsible for, for standing there and, and being the representative and facilitating things as the worship leader. Right. Um, so I guess I guess that's something I'm still kind of trying to feel out uh, because it's not. And I, I think that worship leaders assume that they have some ability to kind of bring people into God's presence. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily that. uh all of them are trying to say like, I'm so awesome and I have this great power to do this, but I think that we feel responsible for that in some way. Um, I'll, I'll put this out there and you guys can chew on it and and throw something back if you want to. But um, I think that the less man involved, the elements, in fact, you know what? Throw the elements out of a church service. What? (laughs) And, and take all the man maidenness out of it and just Uh get the band up there and just, worship without like any contingency. And I think then you will actually feel like you don't need to like to, to be responsible. Like, I think the, the, my issue was like, Oh, we got to remember that they're in this order on this schedule and make sure the sounds right. Make sure all this stuff's right. And I love all that stuff because it does help to make the music sound better. And I understand about that. But at the yeah. same time, I don't think I've ever worshiped harder when it was just like four singing people and a guy on a piano showing up yeah. in a small room yeah. one day and just doing worship songs that I didn't even know. And I was like, 
Like, you know, and as a worship leader, I'm like, oh, the congregation yeah. don't know this song. My band isn't rehearsed enough on this song, so we got to scrap it. We just got to do stuff to so that we can yeah. perform well. And you get stuck in that rut. Isn't that kind of where um, Matt Redmond's story behind um, the heart of worship came from? Yeah. He felt Coming like back to the heart of worship. Yeah. He felt like their church was getting distracted with a lot of the particulars of worship. And so he said, we're going to give the band a break and I'm just going to lead with an acoustic guitar. And we're going to sing very simple songs together. We're going to strip this down until our heart is in the right place. Yeah. I, yeah. um, I, I guess, uh, mountain style folk music would lend itself well to just being <laughs> coffee shop style it, like it that. Might. But, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a, 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 a production, but I guess every, every time that more production has gotten involved uh, and I've been like a part of it, I feel like, uh, and, and this isn't a dig at anybody, but I felt like m- more disconnect yeah. some, just from all of the things I had to keep tally on. There's and, definitely more noise yeah, at that yeah. point. Yeah. And so really for me becoming disciplined and having to like just clear my mind before getting up on the stage was like essential. Yeah. On yeah. Sunday. Well, that's, yeah. The, the, the more professional music has become in general and culture, you know, um, people don't sing in their homes anymore like they yeah. used to. I mean, some do, you know, if you're, if you're a very musical person and, and like to share it, but it used to be, that was a common <laughs> practice that everybody <laughs> would just sing in their homes. Right. It was, you know, there's, there's these old proverbs that if you can talk, you can sing, but people today yeah. have no problem saying I can't sing because they don't sound like someone on the radio. They feel yeah. very intimidated yeah. if they don't yeah. sound yeah. like Lauren Daigle. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Right. So there's, um, yeah, the, 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 the more professional music has become, the more we've pushed it out on uh-huh. the, or the professionals, you know, that that's encroached on the church in certain ways. Sure. Um, there's been, um, um, with technology too, that's a piece of it. Um, and, and it makes it hard. And so, you know, we have to question, are we more enamored with our own ability to produce something really good? Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. so that's why I love, like, um, some of my favorite Hillsong albums recently have been the stripped down ones that they've done. Like yeah. Zion. Zion is so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So they have Zion, but then they did that like acoustic one, just all in a coffee shop someplace. Right. You know? Yeah. The acoustic Zion. Um, do you like, um, are you a fan of Crowder? I assume you are. Cause he's yeah, a folk yeah. guy. He's a folk and yeah. bluegrass guy. Yeah. Um, the, there is like. I guess a style that Crowder does. And when I first heard him, I real I like thought his voice sounded all like goofy and stuff. <laughs> like I was like, dude, that's the weirdest voice I've ever heard. Uh-huh. But, but he, he, he w- led worship so earnestly that you just like couldn't help but sing. Yeah. And so, yeah. and he has a beard and like <laughs> at a time, at a time when you saw people like Chris Tomlin and stuff, when I first started becoming a Christian and I saw this guy, I was like, this guy's a worship leader. But then everybody was like, you know, getting in into the spirit of worship. Just as an aside, I really enjoyed um, David Crowder's transformation because I remember the old David Crowder band Crowder when he yeah. had a goatee and a fro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he would use like keyboards. And I remember one time he took a Guitar Hero guitar and rewired it so that it could play <laughs> a, an actual Chords. distorted chord sound. Well, anyway, all, all was all my point with that was to say like, uh, yeah. Uh, I agree that the like like uh, 
you said Hillsong Scion. I've only heard like one or two songs from that, but yeah. uh, I need to probably listen to it more. Yeah, I mean, I actually I used the acoustic album versions whenever right. I would lead those songs because yeah. um, back when we led worship at Northridge, that's what we had. We had acoustic guitars, a piano, I and a cajon. I still maintain that that was the best worship band I've ever been in. <laughs> it was just like well, four and, people. <laughs> and that's part of the beauty of what Hillsong is doing is they have these amazing production things that they'll uh-huh. do in terms of their art. And they'll put them out there, but they realize, okay, there's very few churches that are going to be able to pull off this production quality. And the question is, should they, um, too, you know, right. um, that's another question. Um, and, and you can do that and still invite people in well, but yeah. they're, they're trying to say the goal isn't that you try to pull off the great production stuff of this. Right. We're going to put out a stripped down version of this too. So that if you're in a church and all you have is a couple of guitars and a cajon, yeah. you can do this song. Right. Um, in that way as well. So it's about the participation again, you know, glorifying God. Um, and like we, like, you know, we were talking um, a few minutes ago that um, as a worship leader, these are important pastoral questions. And that's part of what I think what we have a lot out there in terms of, of worship leadership is we have a lot of music leaders. We don't yeah. have a lot of worship pastors. Oh. Mm. Yeah. And there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. And somebody might even call themselves one or the other, but function as, as the opposite. You know, um, I, I know many music leaders that actually function as good worship pastors. But I know a lot of people who would say I'm a worship pastor, or worship leader. Uh-huh. Really, no, you're really just about the music. Yeah. And there needs to be a deeper understanding of what is the pastoral role and nature of what you do. It's more than just good production to impress people. We're shepherding people through a movement and yeah. not just leading good songs and holding Through all prayer and proclamation. Together. I've yeah. fallen, exactly. I've fallen into that yeah. trap. I will admit it. I've fallen into the trap of trying to do my best to perform and then forgetting why I'm yeah. up there at times in the past. Yeah. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very uh, easy it's, to do. It's, it stinks because, um, when, when a good worship experience happens for me, even if like, I don't even recall if I did the notes right. Yeah. But like on a, on a day where I think I've done poorly, I'm like re listening to everything I did mm-hmm. and like beating myself over the head about it. Yeah. And, and recordings, well, audio recordings from church don't help with that. Either. Yeah. The, the yeah. People talk about here. excellence in worship a lot, you know? And so yeah. one yeah. of the things I'll like, well, two of the things I say is one excellence isn't a fruit of the spirit. Hmm. Um, not that we don't need to strive for excellence, but let's not get it confused as yeah. being a fruit of the spirit. Well, that'll preach. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and secondly, that excellence is measured in participation, not in performance. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. give us a, it's not meant to give us a cop out for doing poorly. Yeah. Um, because if we do poorly, that hinders participation as well. Yeah. Um, but we need to measure it in terms of participation, our own as well as the congregation, you know, especially the congregations and all that. Yeah. But our own is part of that as well. So I, yeah. I, that, that's a that's a really good word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So uh, since we're kind of run, starting to run short on time, I wanted to make sure that sure. we got back to the Psalms okay, yeah. uh, that we were mentioning yeah. before. So, so I can go Colin, yeah, you had some thoughts on how the Psalms might be a good example a research. of worship music. Yeah. So um, tell us I what you came up with. I'm not a, okay. So first Jonathan, I'm not a teacher and I'm definitely, <laughs> you, you call it a worship pastor. I, I'm not sure if I, I, I could ever call myself a pastor, but I will say this. I can I can do a little research like for school (laughs) and maybe come up with some knowledge through that. So here's what I found on the internet uh, and uh, in my Bible too, because I got, uh, got some cool stuff from my quest NIV. So um, first thing I'll say is that typically 
people like to split the Psalms into types. Uh huh. Now, depending on what you're looking for in the Psalm, the types are different. But I went yeah. ahead and picked what they are about lyrically. And so typically they're split into five types. And those types are praise slash hymn. They define one. And a good example of that is Psalm 92. Hey, where have I heard Psalm 92 before? Right, flourish. So and that, it typically is like encouraged to praise uh, usually about God and, and his great nature and rejoice over that. Uh-huh. And then the second type is wisdom. And it contains teaching and it, and it will sound a lot like a proverb, but it is in song form or uh-huh. prayer form uh, and uh, contem- contemplative. Like they do like the mm-hmm. A-B thing where they'll do like uh, a fool s- smacks his lips. Oh, yeah. The Hebrew but poetry a, form. But a thing. But a wise man yeah, is this. Yeah. And an example of that is Psalm 37. Uh, if you want to look through some of these, uh, the, the third type is called royal Psalms. And they are psalms that proclaim, like, God's kingly authority. Uh-huh. And they also talk about Jesus. So, like, uh, the authority of God, uh, his kingliness, things like that. Uh, the fourth is thanksgiving. And it's when you basically, like, shower uh, God with thanks for all that he's done. Oh, and by the way, a, a kingly authority one is, like, Psalm 2. And then uh, for the uh, thanksgiving one, you can check out Psalm 95, mm. which is basically a big bunch of just thanks for all that God's doing. Like his, it's like his works, but also who he is. You can like be thankful for who God is as well. But then the last one, which I want to focus on a little bit more just because it never gets focused is lament Psalms. And there's like 70% of the Psalms are lament Psalms or have some form of lamentation. There's something. Yeah. Some kind of negative emotion that we're dealing with. And they express like despair, hardship, grief. And, but they also have the caveat of God still being present. Yeah. And the one that's a good example, Psalm 88, which we also yeah. talk about. Jonathan Powers said, have, have you ever? Well, I can't just like be like, have do you know this psalm up and down? But Psalm 88, I don't know if you particularly know that one, but uh, it's if you ever get a chance to like reexamine it, I would argue that it's the most depressing thing ever written in the Bible. <laughs> that's one that ends with darkness is my own. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry to yell. Yes, it is, though. That's going to be. Pop- yeah. I'm going to have to edit yeah. that down. My voice got really it's loud. fine. We. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> our our episode on Lent a few episodes back, we actually did a a song based on Psalm 88. I'm a, uh, of the songs that I've written, which I haven't written nearly as many as uh, Zach and probably not as many as you, but of the ones I've written, they're always scriptural. And of those probably like 90% of them are like Psalms. Just reworks of Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Psalms are already songs in my opinion. They are either rhythmic prayers. Like I did some research too. A lot of them are like, some psalms were meant for like soldiers to sing while they were like walking and stuff. Some yeah. some of them for, were for just like small groups and one guy's like the head of like the small town. Like uh-huh. saying. And anyway, so uh, there's a lot of different categories, but those are the five. Uh, so it would be like hymns slash praise, wisdom, royal or authority psalms, thanksgiving, and then laments. Okay, so that's what I got. And uh, some people even put this like ascent thing for like the last like the later ones where the pilgrims were like ascending and yeah. anyway, so there's, there's that too, but I want to read this quote from CS Lewis before I get to the rest of my point, which is CS Lewis said the most valuable thing the Psalms do for me is to <coughs> express the same delight in God, which made David dance. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. Now to, to further illustrate why I think that's cool. 
I wrote down after doing a bunch of research what I think the Psalms all share. Now everybody debates on this, but um, here's what I think that they all share. They all speak to or about God. It's always God focused and never about like, yeah. it's, it's never like this bad stuff's happening in our town and woe to us. And it's always like, yeah, this bad thing's happening in our town, but God, we know that you are there and right. you are, you are, uh, righteous and you are holy. And Again, you are it's God centered and not man centered. Absolutely. Yeah. Every single one. So, and I've, I've, I've literally read through almost all of them last night just to make sure. Um, number two, they expressed honest feelings, but not necessarily facts because sometimes they're like exaggerated feelings in their like lament. Like, uh-huh. oh, like I'm dead. I'm in the grave. I, no one cares about me. Like that's not necessarily a factual thing, but it's an honest feeling from their heart. It's like an uh-huh. expression to God. The third is they were written with the intention that others would sing them. Like, so not just written for no reason. They were written for the intention to be repeated in song yeah. of praise. And then four, they all share the understanding that God will hear it. Like they don't just think like maybe he's listening. Like it's intended that when you sing it, you're singing to God and that God is receiving the song. God is listening to us. And then the fifth one that seems to be like a thing that everybody says about the Psalms is that they were relatable to us Uh specifically out of like anything in the scripture. Psalms are like very relatable. And so my, my point with, with bringing all that stuff up, Jonathan, I'm sorry. That was a long slew. No, that's good. It's good. Um, my point with that is that like you had mentioned um, kind of how it's important that we're like what we're saying. Uh, what does Toby Mac say? We can turn our hearts with the words we say. Huh. Mountains, crump, never mind. <laughs> Speak life. And so what I think is interesting is that every psalm, it, it focuses on God. It expresses how we feel and, and we're bringing those feelings honestly to God. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's really about the facilitating of the connection with God through, yeah. through, through praise and saltic nature. And, <laughs> and so to, to facilitate your earlier point, you had mentioned that, you know, Trinit, uh, tr- being Trinitarian in worship is important, uh, but it's also, but the main focus is to, uh, to focus on God and not about us. Yeah. And what's cool about the Psalms is Psalms are kind of a, like, um, a great example of how to praise God because if you want a playbook for how to write how a, a relationship yeah. well, and how to, because worship is supposed to be out of our relationship with God. Well, every aspect of a relationship that you can have is covered in the song. Yeah. Somebody even yeah. further made the argument in a, a article I read that the entire Bible is uh-huh. in the Psalms and that yeah. like, or just the, I don't know, the essence, I guess is what they think. Oh my goodness, you are so popular today. But anyway, I just, yeah. uh, I wanted to share that because uh, we were talking about like the significance of like the words uh, uh-huh. that, we, that we sing in worship yeah. Trinitarianly. And uh, um, there's plenty of Psalms that talk about like the authority of Jesus as well. But um, that that uh, video you sent me, the one where they said it's not just necessarily about oh, the Lester Ruth Jesus, it's also about God and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, the Psalms aren't always about Jesus. But but sometimes yeah. they're about God the Father and His authority. Sometimes they're about the Holy Spirit yeah. and how uh, we feel like the Holy Spirit is being taken from us in this terrible time. They're Trinitarian even before like the word Trinitarian, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And so anyway, that was just to to back up your point earlier. That that's yeah. just my little tiny yeah. my little yeah. tiny uh, study uh, blurb about that's the good songs. stuff. Man. There you go. <laughs> Done. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. 
All right, Zach. Yeah, the, um, yeah. The, I mean, and that's a good word to say that we see um, the whole of the Trinity there. Um, some of them, of course, looking forward to Christ. Um, right. But uh, uh, when, when it talks about the anointed one, you know, that yeah. of course there's the king, but it's also, you know, the, 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 the true anointed one of Israel, you know, it's looking for. Um, so, so Christ is always embodied there in some way yeah, in the right. Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even lines like the, uh, you know, the, the, the Psalm, uh, send forth your spirit and renew the face of the earth. You know, you have these prayers that are being offered yeah. even for the work of the Holy Spirit, um, from, from, you know, a thousand years before Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Scene. Yeah. So. Well, like that's that, I guess that was my, my real point of even bringing that up is to say that like lyrically, there's a lot of different yeah. things said in the Psalms. Yeah. Like there's a lot of different subject matter, just like what we deal with today. And, and so maybe that is an argument somebody makes that like, Oh, we need to be relatable and that's, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But you also need to be exclusively centered on God when right. you're worshiping. Yeah. And I think we made this point on the Christian music versus worship music is that Christian music doesn't necessarily have to be like it can be stuff Christians can relate to. But worship music has to be. Yeah. God centered. Jonathan, I think I got this from you, but um, the more the term devotional song for something that's Christian and maybe worship full, but not necessarily addressing God or something that works as like a congregational song. But it has. It has its use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's one of the beauties of the Psalms is um, they've persisted <coughs> too. You mm-hmm. know, um, there are traditions that still will sing nothing but Psalms. Yeah. You know, tradition through the history of the church. This is what we sing. This is our, our hymn book um, as the yeah. church. And it's been the hymn book of God's people for centuries, millennia. So we, we continue to, to use it. Um, there's uh, and there's plenty of other songs that are valid um, that are that are fine, but uh, but yeah, to to know what is um what is glorifying to God, you know how is how is this glorifying God? Is it, it you know it's 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 to God? It's it, it maintains a God orientation, yeah, and uh, edifying to the church and brings allows the whole church to participate, um, and and we have to really evaluate that yeah. and, and come to grips with it. Absolutely. And that's a good question to ask uh, when you're considering, should I bring this song in? Like, how does it glorify God yeah. first and foremost? That's See, and, and, and so like devil's advocate to myself on that, there, there are some that would say like, oh, well, God can use anything. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's fine. Um, but I've always I guess the thing I would say is uh, uh, when you're when you're trying to till the land and get that soil nice, you need like the right tool. Uh huh. <laughs> but that's just my little argument. Given the choice, well, wouldn't you yeah. prefer? No, that's exactly yeah. it. God can use anything. I don't disagree. Why are we going to try to give him a harder job? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I said, I, what he needs I, I can't remember when I said this might've yeah. been on the, the episode with just you and me, but I said, yeah. why give a guy uh, a rake who says I need to dig a hole. You know? <laughs> yeah. you, you, I'm sure you could dig one with a rake eventually, but uh, right. I'm sure that yeah. somebody can make that work, but you need a shovel for that job. <laughs> I'm thinking about um, <laughs> Shanghai noon oh, where yeah. um, <laughs> Owen Wilson gives uh, Jackie Chan the chopsticks to dig himself out of a hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obscure so, reference. Maybe. Sorry. All right. So what's uh? we always so, do the closing. Question, yeah. So if you, if you have a few minutes, um, yeah, we ask every guest the same question. Um, so we want to hear what is one thing 
you would like to see change or be added to what the church is doing. Maybe it's something we're not doing. Maybe it's something we're doing that we shouldn't. Um, and we're talking about the whole church body. What's your take? So you can take time. We'll, we'll like give you a minute to yeah. think about it and we can like edit it down. But um, sure. we ask everybody the same. That's actually my wife who came up with that. And we asked our first guest and then it became a tradition. It's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Cool. Now, Aaron would say that maybe it's, not about changing the church. It's more about, um, you know, just coming in and saying, what can I do for the church? Yeah. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. in itself was a good thing that should be done more in the church. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the, um, the thing has been on my heart and, uh, um, what, what I've really, um, put a lot of study and thought into over the recent years um, in regard to this is, um, you know, the kind of the, the $5 seminary word that we'd use for it is catechesis, um, which is a, a way of talking about discipleship, mm-hmm. um, but very intentional forms of discipleship that um, discipleship's become such a generic term. Um, it almost means nothing. Discipleship yeah. can be, yeah, it can be a group of people getting together and watching a movie and talking about it. Everybody be air quotes does um, discipleship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, groups yeah. It, it's it's so something. generic now, mm-hmm. and yeah, and and oh, and encompassing of so many things. There's no, um, yeah. The, 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 there just needs to be a, a much clearer understanding of what this means. And so, for me, it's about development and virtue, um, hmm. growth and virtue. Um, which, uh, which means that we don't just address belief. Um, a lot of it can be that let's look at the Bible. What do we need to believe? Right. Um, that's only, that's, that's very reductionist. That's only part of it. It's not only practices. What is it we're supposed to do as Christians? You know, um, don't drink or chew or date those who do, <laughs> you know, it's, it's more than that, <laughs> you know, um, you know, coming from a holiness tradition background, that that's kind of what it was like for me is the, here's just, here's the barriers we put upon uh-huh. behavior, Make sure you, you follow know, the so rules. stay within the right barriers yeah. of behavior. Um, but the problem is, is what's not addressed in either beliefs or behavior is the idea of desire. Um, uh-huh. What, where are desires directing us? How are desires being formed? Um, and, um, and how does virtue help us, um, understand, um, how we control our our desires and our desires don't control us, especially in a sexually rampant, um, culture. Mm. That's a very important thing to, uh, to talk about. Um, so I, I could spend an entire series of podcasts (laughs) talking just on this issue. So I'll just leave it there. That's all right. So spin off. (laughs) So, so, um, um, could you, could you define the word discipleship in, Two sentences. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, a- very basically, you know, discipleship is um, is, is is growth in Christ likeness. Um, discipleship's a, an ancient term. Um, philosophers would make disciples of themselves. Jesus was the first one to tell us, um, "You don't make a disciple of yourself. You make a disciple of me." It always mm. points back to me. Um, so according to Christ, it's identified in the Trinity and obeying all of his commands. Um, Matthew 28, Boom. you know, 
Um, yeah. Go make yeah. disciples. You know, the, the verb there is disciple. Go disciple. It's one term, disciple. Oh. How do you do that? You do that by baptizing them into the identity of the Trinity and by teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. Um, that's what it means to disciple. Um, and so there's an obedient, there is behavioral obedience factors there. There's identity there. There's belief in that, but the desires, um, that that's where the, the war really is within us, I believe. Yeah. And so to be a true disciple of Christ, you know, what is a disciple? Um, it's one who reflects Christ. That's why church fathers like Tertullian would say, um, you do not take on the name of Christ and you, you do not take on Christian until you uh -huh. rise from the waters of baptism after this intense discipleship yeah. process that they did in the early church. Um, so you don't want just anybody out there giving Christ a bad name or a bad image. Um, so we're not going to do that. Um, Boom. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Coming across the internet to talk to us today. Right. Yeah, yeah. From the wide <laughs> thank gulf you all for asking. between here and Wilmore. <laughs> right. 50 yeah. minute drive of horse farms. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Um. This was this was really good. I'll, I'll be honest. It was the it was the first time I like in the middle of a podcast like sat and thought about a lot of the stuff. Yeah. That was being said. Cool. Not that I don't normally think about yeah, stuff, was but I was um I like a lot of times I'm like yeah like I agree in this. But yeah. then with Jonathan, he said something and I was like, wow, you know hmm. what? I never thought about it that way, and now I agree about it this way. Yeah. Like before. Well, that's cool. <laughs> well, thank you. All. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Really, I uh, thank you all so much. It's been great. Yeah, it's been Thanks. super awesome. Do you have anything you want our listeners to check out? Uh, plug for book, website, anything like that can be somebody else's. Doesn't have to be yours. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't send you anything of mine anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, come I would, on. Uh, <laughs> I would I would suggest um, check out um, you know Robert Weber. We've we've mentioned his name uh -huh. a couple times here. The book Ancient Future Worship or the book Worship is a Verb would be great for a very accessible, whether you're a lay person uh -huh. in the church, a leader in the church, it doesn't matter how much education you've had theologically or not, you know, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, they are very accessible books, very profound books and great ways to start thinking about worship and to give some categories for that. So Robert Weber, Ancient Future Worship or Robert Weber, Worship is a Verb, either one of those, I will link I those in the show notes. All right, man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, we really appreciate having you on the show. Um, we just want to say for all the people listening, um, you can check us out, like we've said every time, uh, on all the social media stuff and yep. on our Patreon. Um, and uh, yep. we'd really, really love it if you gave us uh, some comments and feedback like you have already been doing. Uh, thank you for all the people who have commented and shared uh, our stuff on Facebook. Um, but we'd really love to hear from you about our podcast specifically. So send us a comment or. Yeah, we do respond to those things. And if you're using a podcast app, be sure to hit that like button or that five star button. As many stars, just shower us in stars. <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. The more stars we have, the more God glorifies it. So um, I don't know. If he, he looks for the stars for every yeah. Christian podcast. God's, God's scrolling through the podcast feed, going, "Oh, these guys aren't rated high enough yet." What two ratings? Are you <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much yeah. for uh, Thanks, listening. Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan, yep. and yep. we will see you next time. See ya. Peace.